Welcome back to What's Next, a comic book podcast where every month we go over the monthly solicitations of the different solicitations being announced by comic book publishers such as Marvel, DC, Boom, Image, Dark Horse, Titan, all those comic publishers that we love and know. I am your co-host, Evan Von Doom. Um, Dallas, that was a sick remix there at the beginning. Thank you, Lilo. Welcome to Solicitations! Got all funky fresh with that one. Yeah, this is going to be the rapping episode, so... If you're Sorry. not into that, wrong podcast then. Yeah. Yo, my name is Sir Bryson Hall. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Sir Robert Bryson Hall, and I'm here to say that I'm very black in a major way. Look at my dad. Look at my mom. One of them is black. And so that makes me black, too. That's a little logic flow for you off the top of the dome. You know how it goes. <sighs> Smooth Man, like what a butter. Guy. Smooth like butter. Smooth like chunky peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> For a minute there, you're like, oh, not bad. Okay. That's enough oh, of that. Oh, hmm. No. There was, there was the chunky. Not a fan. Anyone who, who eats. Who bought this? Anyone who eats chunky peanut butter deserves to go to hell. And I don't mean that respectfully. I mean that in a very, very derogative way. Why I do you want you. a crunch in your PB&J? Exactly. Like, what party was like, oh, oh, yeah, that was, there it was. That it was the peanut. At some point. I'm not trying to kink shame, but I think it's a kink thing. It has to be. Because you're like biting into it. It's soft bread. And then you probably hit the jelly with your tongue, right? So that's the next thing you hit. Okay, don't right? say hit the jelly with your tongue. That, mm. that feels wrong. Yeah, I know DJ Khaled wouldn't like to hear that. But... <laughs> DJ's like, what kind of jelly? Where is the jelly located? Better not be woman jelly. You're like, what is woman jelly, DJ, DJ Khaled? DJ what the fuck are you talking about, man? We never! Like, <laughs> what? It's never... the worst music! You're like, no! What the hell? This is not how it's supposed to go, man. Hey, what a weird guy. Um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, people jelly. So it's all soft, right? Even the jelly. You might get like a little bit of seeds if you have strawberry jelly. I don't mm. do strawberry jelly. I'm a grape guy, or jam, whatever you guys are into. Oh, you might get like jam. some seeds or something. Yeah, raspberry jam's mine. Raspberry jam. You might get some seeds with the raspberry, mm-hmm. but it's not distractingly crunchy. And then peanut butter is smooth, and you want you want to throw chunks into that? Where the fuck is this coming from? I got a question. I got to follow up. What do you think of the organic peanut butter that separates that you have to mix up every time? Uh, I like my... <laughs> I like my peanut butter like I like my woman. Unnatural. <laughs> Factory made. <laughs> With the additives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell. A little bit of plastic in there. <laughs> Some of this ain't going to decompose. <laughs> I've actually wondered that about just like through an archaeological lens. I want to mm. know the how quickly silicone um, decays, because will there be sites in the future where there is a skeleton and then just like a couple booby patties like sitting on top of the skeleton? And I then so. what will the archaeologists interpret that as? I think they will interpret it as like an outer protective wear, I think. I think they're going to, either that or they're going to think we somehow, depending how far in the future it is, you know, like Mm -hmm. if the new species that replaces us is like alien and not human anymore, in like a sense of the word, like evolution wise, I think they're going to look back and be like, oh, maybe these creatures, like some of them molted, you know, silicone protective gears around their genitalia. And I think that's what we will be hearing from them. Well, they'll have time travel, so they'll come back and yeah. Naturally, hit us yeah. up. Be like, what the fuck is this? 
Well, they showed up at that Stephen Hawking's party where he invited everyone to all the time travelers. Mm, but he didn't know about fake boobs, so he wasn't very helpful. No. No. Yo, shout out to Stephen Hawking. No one ever taught him. No one ever taught him about boobs. <laughs> Damn. That's why he solved so many problems. <laughs> Think about everything you could get done if you never thought about boobs. Not worth it. I'd much rather think about the universe can people. have its mysteries. Yeah, listen, I'm not that curious of a guy. There's someone out there who's like, I haven't seen a boob in 50 years. I'm 51, and I can talk to God, and I'm gonna be like, Yo, ask him if uh, boobs are still good. Like, so look at that. All right, I was taking a point phone call, so I'm gonna go vamp for a little bit. Um, well, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three yesterday, so that was very fun. If you guys like the first two, you're gonna like this one. I think what I like the most, I like the second one. Still, my favorite one is like the most personal overall story. But I think for the third one, I really like that it was able to find more stuff to do with the characters. You know, like Nebula gets a lot more to do, which is a character who I really love, especially during the second one. I really also wish she got something to do during like Avengers Infinity War and all that. Like she should be the one during Endgame who gets like some type of hit on Thanos. So she doesn't get that. I'd rather her get that than, you know, anyone else. It was kind of ridiculous. But overall, I would say Guards of the Galaxy Volume 3 was a very good ending to a trilogy. And if you guys are interested, I definitely think you guys should go see it. Because I, I enjoyed it for sure. I think I'm going to end up seeing it in the evening after my work conference next week. I'm going to go by Ooh. myself. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. A nice solo movie experience. Those are always nice. I saw that D&D movie by myself. Uh few weeks ago because i had a random day off what'd you think of that it was really fun have you seen it i did i really liked it it was very good i don't know if it made enough money to get a sequel but i really hope it gets a sequel i just i loved all the practical effects yeah like they were just having fun making a movie again it felt like they actually wanted to use their budget to make a world instead of turn it around as an investment for more money you know what i mean yeah this is a passion project with a big budget and I, I, I'm assuming they definitely thought, like, you know, sequels were a possibility, you know, if it did well. But the movie was very, like, standalone, self-contained, one-shot kind of story. So I would definitely want to see those characters again. But they could also just take it in a new direction where, you know, they do a TV show or a movie where there's an entirely different cast of characters. But I really, I really enjoyed it. You know, we need more movies like that. I thought that it played well as a D&D movie where it's like, oh, these are characters that I'm just meeting right now, we're going to go on a singular adventure. Like, watching that movie felt like doing yeah. a really great one-shot in D&D. Yes, I agree. Also, very, very brutal. Yeah. At times, yeah. Also, also, not to spoil it, but Guards of the Galaxy Volume 3 is also surprisingly brutal at times. Mm. Like, there's a, there's a lot of scenes where I was like, I don't know. I wasn't expecting that from a Marvel movie. So Interesting. Yeah. Well, this is one of the Marvel movies I am still very excited about. Good. I used to be excited about all of them. I don't have any animosity towards any of them now, but like they're fewer and farther between the ones now. Yeah. That I'm like, I got to get out and see this. I still haven't seen Quantum Media. I didn't either. Yeah. I, well, I'm also like the apparently the one person left who still hates Ant-Man and the Wasp. Apparently, there's a bunch of people who decided it was a good movie all of a sudden. I don't know who you are or why, but, you know, to each their own. I respect it. But that movie was probably the most boring Marvel movie I've saw. And that's that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah, the content mill has come up a little dry for me. And it's a great 
time to bring up the WGA strike that's going on. The Writers Guild of America Mm. is striking for better pay, better benefits. They are the people who are writing the stories we all love so much, and we should be supporting them. So think of ways that you can support the Writers Guild of America as they strike for better pay. Don't complain once the effects of their strike start to show up. Yeah, a lot of, I feel like a lot of people are totally forgetting about what it was like the last strike. And, I, and I'm not trying to take this to a perspective of being, oh, we should care because it affects us. Because it really is about the people uh, writing these stories and them getting the equal and fair pay that they deserve for the amount of money they're bringing in because of their stories. But also from a consumer side of things, um, I remember when Heroes was affected by the writer strike and how bad that show got. And I'm telling you guys, you don't want AI writing these stories. You want these people who love writing stories to write these stories and be compensated for it because they're the ones making these stories up. So if you love something, it's probably because of the writer more so than it is because of the actors or directors or whatever. So, you know, just find a way to support them. There's a lot of funds uh, and fundraisers out there for them to support them. Uh, You can also show your support in little ways by just retweeting them or, you know, speaking up online, however you need to do that. Go out If you're in the areas where they're doing protests, go on protests with them or, you know, support them by like giving them water while they're protesting, anything like that. Small things can make a big difference. Absolutely. So speaking of art that are made by real people, like I feel like we got to remember that as fans of these big IP fictions. Yes, the character will survive past whatever writer or artist is working on them right now. They are still the product of a person, a person's personal experience, their hard work. So without further ado, let's get into the solicitations for July 2023. Yeah. And I think it also goes without saying that this podcast obviously doesn't stand with the WGA. We stand with Disney and big corporations. Absolutely. Yes. Naturally. We're here for the payout, baby. Yes. Huge fans of corporate intervention. Mm. Um, the deeper your pockets, the deeper our admiration for you. Yeah. I personally just loved when, you know, every time a company comes in and says, yeah, you're not doing that in your movie anymore. Like, you know, in like an any justice league movie or whatever. I love that shit. Me too. I love the homogeneity of movies. I like knowing exactly what I'm going to get going in. Yeah. You know, I'm like, ah, Disney number 42 is out this month. I get to go see Disney number 42. Oh, I, I hope, hope Disney man's in that. Uh, I hope Disney girl learns a valuable lesson about friendship. <laughs> I always think about that tweet where the guy calls uh, Mickey Mouse. He's like, <laughs> Mickey is a short name for someone you call his friend. And Michael Mouse is no friend of mine. <laughs> 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 I think about that tweet all the time. Michael Mouse. <laughs> Michael Mouse. It's a friend of mine. It reads like a normal, or not normal, Norm MacDonald joke to me. I love that. <laughs> I was reading his voice. Oh, that's funny. Sorry, All right. Norm MacDonald. So, starting at the top, we've got Big Game number one. We then have Fish Flies number one, Antarctica number one, Per Evil number one straight to jail with that name scrapper number one this looks like strangely copaganda for dogs i don't know how to explain it swan songs number one this ends tonight number one of three 
the unbelievable, unfortunately mostly unreadable, and nearly unpublishable Untold Tales of I Hate Fairyland, number one. That's pretty good. That is a pretty good title. Weird Work, number one. Impact Winter, book, one-shot, story. Oh, you put your name <laughs> oh in the title. Boo. Hell yeah. Get it, Travis. <laughs> you know what? Respect. No, that's not. I think they just fucked up. Yeah. That's funny as hell, though. Impact Winter, <laughs> one shot. Wanted, number one. Arcade ni- Arcade Kings, number three. Battle Chasers, number 11. Blood Tree, number six. Bone Orchard Tenement, number two. Dark Ride, number eight. The Dead Lucky, number eight. Dead Romans, number five. Deep Cuts, number four. Firepower by Kirkman and Sammy- Samney, number 25. Coming back, baby. Gunslinger Spawn, number 22. Number one favorite book to hate. Haunt You to the End, number two. Hey Kids, Comics, Volume 3, The Schlock of the New, number four. I Hate Fairyland, 2022 edition, number seven. I Hate This Place, number 10. Immortal Sergeant, number seven of nine. In Hell We Fight, number two. Indigo Children, number five. Junkrabbit, number four. Kea, number 10. King Spawn, number 24. Click Click Boom, number two. Love Everlasting, number nine. Monarch, number six. Monstrous, number 45. Monstrous, number 46. Newburn, number nine. No slash one, number five of 10. Nocterra, number 16. Old Dog, number six. Phantom Road, number five. That book really picked up in number two, which, right. by the way. Yeah. Radiant Black, number 25. Rogue Sun, number 14. Savage Dragon, number 268. The Savage Strength of Star Storm. That is hard to say. Number three. The Scorched, number 20. Something Epic, number three. Spawn, number 344. Star Signs, number three. Stonehenge, number five. Summoner's War, Awakening, number four of six. Terror War, number four. Time Before Time, number 25. Void Rivals, number two. The Walking Dead Deluxe, number 66. The Walking Dead Deluxe, number 67. World Tree, number four. And that is all for July 2023 at Image Comics. What are we excited about, Evan? A lot of stuff happening. Uh, First thing I want to shout out is I hate this place slash uh, fuck this place because apparently uh, it's ending with issue number 10. So this will be the last issue in the series. It's a very good series. Uh, I think it didn't pick up the way it deserved to get picked up by fans. Um, I've been buying them and just collecting them, just waiting to like binge read it all. But I've been loving the story so far. I read like the first arc and it's a fantastic, sad, funny story. And I really hope you guys pick it up um, if it comes to trade or whatever, however you guys read the comics. Because it, it's really a special story that I think a lot of people like. And Kyle, Kyle Starks is a unsung hero in comics. He's a very funny, passionate creator and one of the most intro he has like the most insane ideas that somehow he makes work so uh definitely want to shout him out and i think you guys should go support this book i absolutely agree i just want to reiterate love everlasting number nine this series is fantastic i am a huge fan of where tom king's career has been taking him in the last couple books he's really transitioned away from sad military guy sad about his military books which i liked all those but they were getting a little repetitive Hmm. into this much more pulpy 
noir romance style storytelling device with things like Gotham Year One, Love Everlasting, and Danger Street. I think if you have slept on some of Tom King's more recent works, give these new ones a try because it's the same quality with a fresh voice and perspective. Hell yeah. I 100% agree. I'm, I'm, I'm very hit or miss with Tom King. This one's a huge hit for me, and it's potentially his best one. So we have to see how it ends eventually, but it's a fantastic, creative, and beautiful book. And uh, oh, shoot. What's her face? Emma, Elsa Shardio. Elsa. Thank you. She's a fantastic artist, and I love what she puts into the book. Oh, absolutely. A lot of people sing the praises of Darwin Cook, rightfully so. Mm. If you want more of that art style, Elsa Chartier is absolutely in that same school. The same minimalism that another artist we're about to talk about, Chris Somney, does so, so well. It's my my favorite art style. It's really Chris Somney, Elsa Chartier, and Doc Shainer, who I feel like really have that Darwin Cook feel to them while still being their own personal feels and uh, energy they bring to the work. So 100% though, I agree. Firepower is fantastic. And we're finally back, baby. It's the goat! The goat? Extra long 44-page story. Oh, Oh, this hiatus has been brutal. But I am happy it's back. And the other thing I want to shout out real quick is maybe not for everybody, but Big Game Number 1 by Mark Millar uh, with Pepe Larraez on the art. Um, It's going to be a big... Mark Millar is a kind of a controversial figure. Um, For me, I grew up with a lot of his books and like movies and whatnot. So there's still a soft spot for me for Mark Millar, even though I don't think he's my like favorite creator. And I think he has a lot of misses. And even like a lot of the stuff that he writes, like Kingsman, for example, I hate the comic. I love the movie. Or The Magic Order, I really don't care about. But I like stuff like Kick-Ass and Nemesis and um, like Jupiter's Legacy. So, you know, it's a really mixed bag. Or Wanted is another one I loved, even though, again, I thought the movie was a little bit better than the comic. But in Big Game, it's going to be a crossover of all of his different comics. So you have Kick-Ass, meaning Kingsman, meaning Nemesis, meaning Magic Order, and uh, so on, so on. I feel like there's a Mark Millar renaissance going on where one of the main things that Mark Millar has done since making all that stupid money in kick-ass is hiring all the best artists in comics to come and make his stupid comics with him. And so if you're into great artists and stupid concepts, there's no better time to be alive than exactly right now. Like I'm sad Pepe Larraz hasn't been doing X-Men books for the last two years, but this big game is what he has been doing. So if you're a Pepe Larraz fan, absolutely worth checking this out. Yeah. And I think Mark Millar shares revenue of like deals and stuff with Netflix, right? With the creators. Yeah. 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 He's You get a lot of money. Working for Kirkman and working for Millar are like some of the best ways to make good money in yeah. comics. So, yeah, I don't mind. I love Pepe Larraz. Uh, I loved him on X-Men. I wasn't really reading X-Men because I didn't like the writing, but I always loved his art. So uh, I did miss him, but you know, if he's making that money, I can't even fault him. And I'm definitely happy that he's doing that. I'm super stoked. Fish Flies, number one from Jeff Lemire. I love Jeff Lemire as a writer. Peach Momoko on the cover. Yeah. 
Oh, just the cover? Yeah, just cover. Oh, so That would be a great team up. That would a be book. a sick team up. But Jeff Lemire as a writer, phenomenal. Jeff mm-hmm. Lemire as writer-artist, peak. Yeah. Peak. There's no one that touches him. I think on a regular basis about Essex County. The Essex mm. County trilogy he did. Ooh, if you haven't read that, tearjerkers. Beautiful comics. I think Jeff Lemire really understands comic books' abilities to create believable facsimile of everyday regular life. Mm-hmm. He highlights details from our world that don't come through in other media quite as well. And it just it makes it feel so lived in. It makes you feel like you are right there in Essex County. Yeah. And I also love that he's one of those writers who always focuses on characters first and then the world kind of builds up around those characters. So I've been like my favorite works by him is uh, Department H or Depth, depending on what you want to call it. And then uh, Sentient, which are both ones that he uh, wrote and drew. Did he? Yeah, I think he drew Sentient. No, that was uh, Gabriel Walter. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Well, it's still he wrote at least, but um, in both of those, the characters are so deep, especially Department H, like the central character is really put into almost a very gray area of uh, the morality she has to like balance in order to like solve the mystery she's trying to solve and, you know, reconcile with her father's past and thus like her legacy almost in a way. So it's very, he's very good at writing characters and I love anything he puts down. Absolutely. Um, also from him, Tenement, part of the shared universe of stories in the Bone Orchard mythos that mm. he and Andrea Sorrentino are doing. If you didn't get around to reading 10,000 Black Feathers and you're a big fan of dark, gothic fantasy and Dungeons and Dragons, absolutely check out 10,000 Black Feathers. Really, really fun. More of a horror-based twist on sort of the premise of Die from Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hans. Oh, okay. Is how I would pitch that. Really fun. A lot of new number ones from Image. Are you going to be picking any of these up, Evan? I am not sure. I think a lot of these are stuff that I have to hear about. Like the Jeff Lemire one I'm going to pick up probably. Maybe not day one, but I will. I'm going to check out Big Game. Um, And then Swan Songs I'm interested in because it's uh, Maxwell... Uh, w maxwell prince who i love mm-hmm. so if he's writing something i'm into it so swan songs i'll definitely check out uh but rather than that i don't know i feel like a lot of it is really cool that image is like throwing so much at the wall right now it does feel like they're trying to instead of going for one big thing like how they used to where it feel like they're always trying to build like the next big franchise like with invincible or walking dead or what have you which is a good way of going about it but it's very nice i think that recently they've been focusing on just trying new stories out and most of them are minis and just seeing where they go. Uh, and I think I, I always like that because then you get a self-contained central story that gets finished and you get to experiment with different things. You know, if you don't like a story, you can finish it in five issues and be done. So uh, I like what they're doing right now and I'm excited to see what else. The other things I want to talk about from image are the one, well, I guess the only other thing is world tree. I haven't started yet, but everyone keeps talking about it. So I'm very excited to get into it. But apparently it's like the next best thing in horror. So I don't know what that means, but I'm into it. I am in a similar boat with Kea from West Craig. Hmm. I have not started this yet. 
and I'm always complaining that there aren't enough fantasy comics. Apparently, this is one of the best comics on shelves right now, and it's a fantasy comic, so I'm going to be picking that up. I'm also going to be picking up World Tree. Anne spoke very highly of it. Oh, Anne read it? Yeah, Anne read it, and she shot me a message, told me she thought I specifically would like it, so I should pick it up. I'll try it up. I'm taking a break from Anne recommendations ever since uh, (laughs) Kaiju Preservation Society. (laughs) Yo, did you start Salem's Lot? No, I didn't. I'm going to start that probably this weekend. Mm-hmm. Good. I oh, haven't yeah. started yet either because I'm getting caught up on comments. <laughs> what? What was that face then? <laughs> I don't know. Is I was it... trying to be supportive. Oh, well, I appreciate the support. I thought you had like a scoop or something. Like, like oh, I just started. Oh, boy. It starts hot or something like that. No, no I was sitting over here like, hmm. No, if you I'll haven't start started, it, uh... I don't have to feel bad that I haven't started. No, don't feel bad because next I have to read uh, is that book you're making me read that I want to read. What's it called? Erica. Ryan North, Erica Henderson one. Oh, that book is so good. Yeah, Danger I read the first and... chapter. It's really fun. Danger and Other Unknown Risks. Yeah. Oh, actually, real quick shout out to uh, Ryan North and Erica, Erica Henderson because like with uh, Cal Starks, I was talking about un- like underappreciated creators. That, these two are definitely super underappreciated. Like I don't care what they're writing or what they're drawing. I'm always going to check out whatever they put down because they are very, very talented and they don't get the flowers that they deserve at all. So Absolutely. Erica Henderson. Guys... Both great oh. follows on Twitter as well. Ryan North, oh, really? hysterical. Erica Henderson, when she's not drawing comics, she is doing incredible seamstress work and embroidery. She makes some of the prettiest oh. clothes I've ever seen in my life. Hell yeah. And she's always working on some crazy project. She's like, like right now she's working on a corset with this crazy Jaguar pattern that she did with beads. Hell yeah. And I was like, how do you have the time and energy to be this creative always? I don't know. She is fantastic. She's amazing. I think I was following her on my old account back in the day, but I should redo that. I'd say yeah. with Ryan North and Kyle Starks. They seem like cool people. Yeah. But I, man, comics are so cool and the people that make them are so cool. They really are. And we don't we definitely undervalue them and underappreciate them. Like for like this medium that we all engage with and like use as an outlet for our own emotions or to like learn something about ourselves and the human condition or just as like mindless entertainment sometimes there's people behind those that we're just kind of like taking for granted right now you know we'll pick up a new thing a lot of people i'm not judging or anything but a lot of people will pirate something and then you know these creators aren't getting paid they can't finish their stories and i think that's sad that's why i personally almost always buy my comics nowadays like there's once one comic in every like five years i'll pirate if i'm just like i'm really curious but i don't want to support this person or whatever but Rather than that, I always support the person because I want them to make more of the stuff. Even if I end up not liking it, I just want to show my support just so that, you know they know that people are trying what they're putting out there. Absolutely. I also, um, it's so hard to make things. It is it so is. hard to write and write well. And the fact that comic books come out in a way where you don't get to do a second draft of your early chapters is insane to me. Like, I'm going through a second draft right now, and I'm already, like, I'm going to have to do a third draft. Like, I've changed (laughs) enough things that I'm going to have to read it again, make sure it makes sense again. And the idea that with a comic book, you have sent your first chapter away out into the world. And even if your idea is changing, you have to, like, skiddly diddly along the way to make it work is crazy. Like, these people are amazing. They really are. I can't even imagine getting started on something like saga on issue one and foreshadowing things that are going to be happening 61 issues later. 
So can you imagine being like, oh, yeah, this is going to pay off in chapter 37 of my book? <laughs> no. Absolutely But that's not. what they're doing, and it's crazy, and we do not appreciate them enough. No. I feel like the only creator who maybe doesn't do that and still works out is, like, Robert Kirkman. Because, like, reading The Walking Dead, there's stuff where you're like, oh, this is, like, not by design. This just so happened to happen. And then you, like, read his, like, have you finished The Walking Dead yet? I am still halfway through. For some reason, mm. after um, she died, I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil it in case someone hasn't read. Um, right before you meet Negan, like, something. So, at the end of the Compendium 1. Yeah. I'm just going to spoil it. Spoilers for The Walking Dead. Rick's wife dies. Oh, okay, in like yeah, a really or, brutal way, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, jeez!" Like, oh yeah, if you guys didn't watch, if you guys only watched the show and never read the comics, you have no idea how tragic that scene is. I was like, it's oh, a double, it's a double hitter. Damn. And then the second companion was like pretty good, but I was still kind of grumpy about that. And yeah. then I was kind of like, "All right, what are we doing? Like, what is the forward momentum here?" And then, yeah. like, I know Negan is cool and important, but for whatever reason. It's literally because it's a compendium break. They get broken. It's like, we're about to meet Negan. And I was like, I will eventually. Anyway, <laughs> ADHD wants me to do something else now. Damn. That's that's fair. I think the story definitely picks up again during Negan. I'd like the downtime between the prison arc and the Negan arc. And like, uh, I think that's when the there's the big, uh, you're like, he's at the, the suburbs, right? When yes. he left off? Yeah. So, and they just had like the big moment in the suburbs, I'm assuming. Yeah. Where Rick's basically like, fascists got a fash yes like he took over yeah he takes over and everything yeah but then the other thing happens did that happen yet i feel like it should have but i'm i'm not remembering do you remember when everyone's holding hands no all right never mind i won't say anything maybe that didn't happen yet i could have sworn that happens before negan shows up but he hasn't shown uh, up yet i just he's been mentioned and so i was like okay you're coming okay that's fair. Yeah. Like, they just went over to the other town to start trade with the other Oh, town. okay. Yeah, okay. I know what you're at there. Never mind. Ignore everything I just said. But there's there's another big Rick moment coming up for you. But, um, yeah, he's with Robert Kirkman, though, he's such a dick. I love him. He's so great. He is such a human protagonist. It's insane how much, like, him and Joel from The Last of Us, at least I haven't watched the show yet, but from the, the actual uh, game, they're, like, almost the same character. Like, they're good or they're they're just men, I guess. I want to say they're good men, but they're not good men. We're just, but we're just they're men. trying. They're, we're just innocent men, <laughs> just normal men. But they're just like real human dudes trying to like survive, and they want to do good, at least for a little bit. And then eventually, they're just like, actually, if I'm going to survive, and my kids going to survive. Fascism is the way to go. And that's how we transition into our sponsor for today, the no. U.S. government. Do 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 do. <laughs> do you like war kit all right um do you ever look back at your grandpa's journals and be like gosh he was really at war when he was my age and think you want to do the same boy have we got some oil to steal for you hey are you pretty good at call of duty have you heard of call of duty we got something for you to do are all those women and people of color really mean to you at school (laughs) come join the u.s army Yo, I keep getting military propaganda on my TikTok recently. Hell yeah. Like, I, And not Chinese propaganda, American propaganda before, I don't know, what? Who who banned? Minnesota? Did they ban TikTok? I don't know. Uh, one specific. state banned TikTok, which I was like, I don't even know how that's possible, legally Utah? speaking. Utah just banned Pornhub. Yo, shout out to Utah. Utah's doing God's work. To be yeah. honest, we should all ban Pornhub. 
Porn mm-hmm. is bad, everybody. Porn is bad. And it's I was bad. a little bit proud. Utah has one of the best uh, homeless programs in America. And they just me. banned Pornhub. I was like, hell yeah. Hey, maybe Listen, we all should be you Mormons. guys are backwards as hell sometimes. But other times, <laughs> other times you really go off. It's a real dichotomy in that state. Anyway, I'm just kidding, guys. Porn is a healthy outlet for a young men. Just make sure you're like recognizing it's a fantasy and not a reality, and make sure you're regulating yourself and putting other energy into other things. If you're watching porn like every day, maybe there's a conversation to be had with a therapist or a professional. I'm not that type of person, um, but you know, do what's a uh, what feels good and what feels healthy. But too much of a good thing is always a bad thing. So be careful. Yeah, I'd also say there are probably better outlets than Pornhub. Like, there's a lot of trafficking that goes into Pornhub. So yes, there's yeah, you know, just use Google Image Search or something. <laughs> use AI deepfakes. Actually, no, no, don't do that. that is. I was about to make a joke, well. being like, just go on like Brie Larson's YouTube account or something. But now I'm like, after you made that joke, I'm like, I can't. No, we can't do a double whammy there. Don't do either of those things, everybody. If yeah. people are consenting to, um, you know, the use of their bodies for uh, pornography or your sexual pleasure, please. You know, be an adult about it and, you know, find someone who actually does. Like, I don't know, insert porn. Who is Mia Khalifa? No, she retired. She retired. All right. Um, I'm not going to lie. Out of the industry. I don't know. I'm not. Uh... I dabble, but I kind of just like pop in, do my thing, get out. <laughs> I don't I don't really pay attention to it. Get in, get out. It's like a 7-Eleven in there. Yeah. I will say <laughs> I did embarrass myself once because um, I guess – there's a porn star with a name that I remembered, but I didn't remember I remembered it. And so I thought a person on a show was named that <laughs> that person. And I was like, oh, that's blah, 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 right? And they're like, no. I was like, that's that's their name, right? They're like, their first name's that, but not their last name. And I was like, who the hell is this person? I looked it up and I was like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> but I very much did know who that was. Like, oh, as soon as I saw her face, I was like, okay, fuck. <laughs> that's on me. Oh, hell. All right. So, well, straight to Evan Jail. Yep. So subconscious is a crazy thing. Um, anyway, this is a uh, podcast about comics, and let's talk about that again. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the What's Next, the pornography podcast. Yeah. I don't want to know what a pornography podcast is. I know they exist. They have to exist. Has to, like, I think the best thing to come out of a pornography... I, sorry to talk about porn again, everybody, but <laughs> the best thing to come out of a pornography podcast would be like two porn stars just talking about the industry they work in and everything. Yeah. You know, Because I think people should be curious about that and like what's going on because there's a lot of you know exploitation going on oh absolutely i think i think OnlyFans has probably done a lot to help people create mobility for themselves out of that really exploitative i mean that would be an interesting podcast i'm not gonna lie like that's what i'm saying i'll listen to it some women talking about what it's actually like inside that industry i'd be interested in both women and men talking about it i feel like both are being exploited by the industry definitely both being underpaid by it and i think OnlyFans is the outlet for both of them to you know and also twitch surprisingly a lot of people pivoted like mia khalifa pivoted from uh porn to you know streaming like on twitch and stuff or youtube hmm. or whatever she does now and just like an outlet like that because because you have an audience now and they're gonna follow you yeah anyway back to comics uh money shot no no uh, <laughs> all right let's talk about is there anything else you want to say about image before we moved on i think that's all from image for me, me. too so Boom, Dark Horse, and Titan Comics have a short list, so I'm going to read through all of them together. We're starting with Boom Studios. We have Sirens of the City, number one. Berserk, Poetry of Madness, number one by Keanu Reeves. Alice Never After, number one. Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number seven. Power Rangers Unlimited, Hyperforce, number one. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, number 110. 
Something's Killing the Children, number 31. Grim, number 11. Wild's End, number 2. Ghost Lord, number 3. Seasons, God damn it. The Seasons Have Teeth, number 4. Every time. The Neighbors, not this time, number 5. Creed, number 2. Expanse Dragon Tooth, number 4. Dune, House Harkin, number 7. The Vampire Slayer, number 16. And Fence Redemption, number 2. For Dark Horse, we have All Eyes. Nope. All Eight Eyes, number three or four. Blue Book, number five. Great British Bump Off, number three. Hairball, number three. Hellboy and BPRD, 1957, Fearful Symmetry, one shot. Lonesome Hunter, The Wolf Child, number two. Lunar Blot, number one. Masquerade, number six. Stop laughing. This Tuesday in the fall of the Hyper... Hyperborea. Hyperborea, thank you. You fucking nerds and your goddamn... Hellfist or whatever his name is, Hellboy. Murder Inc. Jagger Rose number two. Oddly pedestrian life. Is this missing? <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look at the cover. This is definitely been... yeah, it is. God damn it, the oddly. So the way they wrote it was oddly pedestrian life. Christopher Chaos. That's not the name of it. The name is the the oddly pedestrian life of Christopher Chaos number one. That's by James Tynan, right? No, it says Tate Bromball. But I understand how you could. Oh no, it says Tiny in on the book though. Ba boom! I was about to say I can see how you could look at the character and be like, "That's James Tiny's character, right?" <laughs> <laughs> character looks both white and queer. Yeah, That's definitely a James white and queer. book. A lot of writers on this. He got because he got Tate Bromble, but also Nick Robles is on it. Hmm. Anyway, sorry. Um, Savage Squad 6, number one. That sounds sick. And it's by Robert Venditti. So I, I'm excited about that. Star Wars The High Republic, number eight. And Survival, number two. And then from Titan Comics, I'm just going to read them all. But the only one we really care about is Conan the Barbarian, number one. Doctor Who Doomsday, number one. Heat Seeker, a Gun Honey series, number two. Rivers of London, Here Be Dregs, number one. Dead by Daylight, number three. And Nouns, Noun Town, number four. That's funny. That's I'm glad I read the whole thing. Nouns, Noun Town, number four. <laughs> Meet the Nouns in their first comic book adventure. An epic adventure. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the convention of playground style fun and humor. I, mean, I love <laughs> playground style fun and humor. I love nouns. I would describe this podcast as playground style fun and humor. On the count of three, let's both say our favorite noun. One, two, three. Porn. Penis. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's some serendipity there. <laughs> Porn is kind of like fuck in that it can be a noun, a verb, an adjective. Oh, what are you doing right now? Porn? I'm porn. <laughs> what are you watching? Porn? Porn. This kind That's... of feels like porn. <laughs> Porny. A little bit. I'm about to say, you can't say this kind of feels like porn. That's not an adjective. <laughs> but yeah. I would describe this as porn. Uh, hmm. Yeah. This well, book is everything. It's yeah, fun. We're, it's porn. It's we're, we're porn nouns. Fuck. There's nouns in it. We're porn fucking. That's an Damn. adjective. Anyway, speaking of adjectives, uh, Conan the Barbarian, number one. Uh, it's officially... There were no... What's up? There were no adjectives in that. <laughs> The? Excuse me? Barbarian? I think, a, I think that's a preposition, actually. At number one? Hello. Hello. Anyway, this guy. Sorry. Here's your little adjective sentence. Robert E. Howard's legendary oh, whoa, Conan is back in a new tale of bravery <laughs> and heroism. <laughs> Yo, nothing will make you more conscious of adjectives than Stephen King telling you that sloppy writers use too many adjectives. Fair he's like, enough. go through your work. He's like, every unnecessary adjective, get rid of. 
He's like, you have to have no other idea how to say what you want to say other than using an adjective before you're allowed to use one. He's I think like, every every writer needs to go back to the Mark Twain writing style where you just say, he said, and then say what he said. She said, they said what you said. Yo, Stephen King, he, he 100%. He said, he's like, one of the biggest lessons I've learned along the way is he said, she said. He's like, you can say asked if you'd yeah. like. Replied. He's like, yeah. He's like, but all the, like shouted whatever he's like if your dialogue isn't conveying the emotion that you want your adjective to it's not good Ooh. i was like dude on writing is crazy that is a great book i have to read that one day it'll make you so hyped you will get so much done after you listen to that <laughs> the audiobook is great because he reads it himself <laughs> i never heard him talk does he have a main accent uh, he kind of sounds like this a little bit yeah. i always assumed he sounded like oh shoot i just forgot the name not Dirk Bentley. Oh, what's that show called? You know that show where it's like a Stephen King show parody? And Richard Ayode is in it, I think. No. And it's like I a mockumentary. I'll alright. Next comic we talk about, I'll look it up real quick. But um Conan Barbarian's back at Dark Horse. I didn't read a lot of it at Marvel. I want to go through and read all the Marvel Conan <clears throat> the Barbarian at some point. because uh, I do like Jason Aaron. Me too. But uh Jim Zub was very excited to be working on Conan the Barbarian, and I like I like Jim Zub as a writer, so I'm very curious to see what he has planned i want to go back and read the robert e howard pulp novels but mm. that was back when people got paid by the word so uh <laughs> there's some real bitches uh sons of bitches uh sentences in there that uh too many adjectives actually believe it or not that's where it started yeah oh man writing's right. hard shout and out to everyone who writes yeah, even if you don't have anything published, even if you never finish anything, like you're doing a good job, man. Yeah. Or lady. Or in between, non-binary, you know, nondescript. Not. De- We're pro- we like to be progressive over here. That's why we stopped watching porn. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Someone is a nondescript person. <laughs> Isn't that nondescript? Isn't that I non-binary? Have... I mean, yeah, they could be synonyms: nondescript and non-binary. I just have never been like, ah, yeah, you know, the nondescript person over there. <laughs> oh, just generic person. Yo, wrong with that. I saw at Trader Joe's the other day, this old woman wrestle with herself when she was told, she like walked up to this person like, hey, can you help me? She's like, oh, I'm busy, but you can go over there. My coworker's right there. Their name is Twig. Get their attention. <laughs> this old woman was like, oh, fight the demons. <laughs> excuse me twig <laughs> the person's like oh hey what's up but i was just like this is modern art this septuagenarian having to call this person with green hair twig to get help <laughs> finding frozen wontons this is amazing i like that what a progressive world we live in it is an exciting world a brave new world if you will okay I've never read anyway, that book. Anyway, so uh, from Boom Studios. <laughs> he said, now let's shut the fuck uh, up. You're real manifest destiny about this. Uh, Fence Redemption number two is a book that's coming out that I haven't finished or read yet, but I really like the first Fence, so I'm going to keep pitching it. If you were looking for more queer characters in stories, Fence is definitely the book for you. Um, it has everything you want. Um, you know, enemies to lover. It has... Uh, build up sexual tension. It has, uh, I don't know, fighting. There's fencing in it. All three of those so. things so far have been in this episode. So if you like this show, 
Hvad er det? Ja, fair enough. Vi vil ikke... Nej, nevermind. Uh, what else are you interested in from these three studios? All I want to talk about is the softcover release of Slaughterhouse Five from Ryan North and Albert Montes. There was an effort a few years ago to take a few literary classics and convert them into graphic novels. 1984 and Slaughterhouse Five are the two that immediately sprung to mind and caught attention from me. Ryan North and Albert Montes really went the extra mile with this. They had a homework assignment to adapt and instead they recreated. They took Slaughterhouse Five and they said, okay, we are not allowed to change the dialogue, change the story at all. Like this is Slaughterhouse Five, but how can we make it like it's the very first time it's being made as a comic book? Like what decisions can we make that make this so uniquely a comic book and make it its own piece of art that can be read alongside the original novel and be the exact same story, but feel so different. And they blew it out of the water. This is one of the best graphic novels in recent memory and a must read for fans of Slaughterhouse-Five or like I was when I first read this, people that are new to the story. It's incredible. Oh, you ever read Slaughterhouse-Five? No, I still haven't oh, read the novel. I need to. I picked it up after I read this and went, I should read that novel. But then I'm always like, that graphic novel is so good. How can it even measure up? Nah, the book is also really good. That was my favorite book when I was in uh, high school. It was so good that in college, I almost got uh, it ta- like So It Goes tattooed on me. That was, I think would have been kind of embarrassing. But, you know, I was kind of a generic white boy back then. Back in my every, generic white boy's days. Every tattoo that... Like Logic. Um... <laughs> if you think about it, I am the logic of comics. You know, I was white at one point, and now here I am, sir. Robert Bryce at all the second. <laughs> Sir. I'm black now. Evan Von Doom the third. <laughs> and now I can say so it goes. Um I feel like every tattoo idea I have, I've been like, you'll be embarrassed of that in five years. Don't do it. Oh. Except Except. I made a bet with my wife. She's supposed to have like a I deserve a promotion talk at work. And she yeah. keeps putting it off because it's like scary. Which is very weird for my wife because she's very, very assertive. And this is the mm-hmm. first time I've ever seen her like be this squirrely about something. I was like, if you do it this next Thursday, we have a tattoo parlor like four doors down from us. I was like, she's wanted these little matching dinosaur tattoos for a while. And I was like, I'll go get one. Bad day. <laughs> so maybe next Thursday I might be getting a tattoo. We'll see. Oh, that'd be sick. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Be a little Just... dinosaur on my thigh. Yeah. That's very you. I like that. Thank you. I need more tattoos. I have a few ideas. Yeah, my big one that I'm excited to get is the Usagi Ujimbo one still. Oh, Oh, speaking of which, there's a second printing of uh, Usagi Ujimbo Saga trade paperback, second edition, volume eight. So if you guys are looking for jumping into Usagi Ujimbo, this is not the place to start. But if you already like Usagi Ujimbo, 100% pick up the volume. I'm picking it up. I'm going to have the full, this I think is the last one. I'll have the full set. Oh, sweet. I only have like two or three of those. Which you would think I would have all of them. But I think I'm going to wait till I move to buy all of them. I didn't know you were moving. Oh, not yet. Oh. Yeah, just, kind of. just in the future? Just yeah, well, someday? I, I, I think next year I'm going to buy a house with my plans. So I'll be yeah. saving up for that. So Hell yeah. I've got a pretty too. penny saved right now. So Good we'll for see you, what man. happens. Thank you. That is awesome. We love upward mobility. Yeah. I like home equity. I just want like more space so I can put more things and mm-hmm. not worry about it. All right, next thing up I want to talk about is Great British Bump Off, number oh. three. 
I still haven't read the first issue, but I oh. it, so <laughs> I'm very excited. I love John Allison and Max Saren. They're both great, great creators, and when they're together, even better. So I'm very excited for this, and I hope that they keep making these. So everyone, please go buy these, because even though I didn't read the first issue, I already know I'm going to love it. And uh, I think Allison was saying that if this sells well, you know, as a mini, they might make more. So hopefully. It, it had more of a Wicked Things than Giant Days vibe. I'm okay I don't know that. if you read Wicked Days or not, but... Wicked Things, yeah. You Wicked Things, yeah. But it rules. It rules. Really Hell fun. Yeah. Very British. Very silly. Everything you want. Oh, British. Oh, British. All the time. Oh, what comments also you want to talk about? Anything from here? Anything from here? Um, I don't know if, how many people are reading these Berserker comics, but I'm happy for you. I, I read hope. the first volume. It was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. It is... For whatever reason, doesn't look like it's for me. That's seems... what you would expect from it. It's a Keanu Reeves book. Yeah. I've come to a decision. John Wick, perfect character for Keanu Reeves. Not a good yeah. actor. Great. Oh. Great physical actor. Yeah. Watched a movie recently, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. So he <laughs> had to deliver lines and... Oof. Oof. Not good. Yeah, but then you got something like The Matrix. which really putting it all in physical actor oh fair enough i think just to switch off i can't keep doing british uh in the first job like i feel like he acted his ass off like that was the most acting he ever did in his life and i think he did a really good job like when he has to cry for his dead wife i really felt that it really felt like he was sad mm-hmm. and then by the, by the fourth movie the whole time yeah just, yeah i think and we're back guns no maybe not like, all right man maybe yeah. not what is that delivery who talks like that? That's That was his fifth take, too. But also, that's exactly how he talks in Bram Stoker's Dracula. He's just 25 years younger, and he's like, perchance, a vampire. <laughs> was, like, was he also in... Uh, no, that wasn't him. No, was he in Romeo and... No, not Romeo and Juliet. What was that movie he was in with uh, Denzel Washington? That was uh, Shakespeare. Much, was that Much Ado About Nothing? No. He was no, in that Denzel Macbeth Washington version. Macbeth was very good. But there was another Denzel... I need to rewatch it when I'm not feeling depressed, because... Uh, Oh, Not yeah, a great yeah. movie to watch when I was like having a rough day. Damn. Yeah, it was much to do about nothing. Nice. Yeah, it was him, Keanu Reeves, and uh, who, who the fuck is that guy? Is it Colin Firth? No, who is that? I can't see from here. Yo, can I ask you a question? Yes, you can. How do you feel about Power Rangers? I like Power Rangers. The comics are really good. I just, there were just so many happening at once. So once that Shattered Grid thing happened, I read that and I was like, I don't know if I keep doing this. <laughs> it just like got too much. There's like three books going on at once. And I was like, I don't know if I could follow all of these. So I dropped it. I was very bad at watching television as a kid. Something yeah. I've been coming to terms with recently is everyone's like, oh man, remember this show from our childhood? And I was like, yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. And I realized like, no dummy. It's because you were bad at watching TV. And so you'd watch one episode, come back four weeks later, and the story would have progressed past that. And you'd be like, this show makes no sense. What's going on here? And so you would just give up. And so all these people have like this fondness for Power Rangers or Dragon Ball Z, all these things that I was like, did not connect with me at all. I think the first show I watched in order and like tried for was Avatar The Last Airbender. Hell yeah. Loved it. Still love it to this day. But like the Power Ranger comics, I was like, I've heard they're great, but I just have no affinity for Power Rangers at all. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. 
Uh, I grew up with Power Rangers on in like the background. Like for me at the time, like I was a TMNT guy. My friend was a Power Ooh. Rangers guy. So we kind of met in the middle by watching both and like playing both the games and whatnot. But you were right in that situation though. Yeah, yeah. TMNT is amazing. Especially the, at the time there's a 2003 cartoon coming out. I think 2003, but like the one cartoon you think of that's not like the original cartoon mm-hmm. and just like the first like long series storyline I've ever seen in the cartoon. So I was just like super into it and just watching all of it and playing all the games. But Power Rangers, I always liked, but I was just kind of like, everyone was like, oh yeah, I like this character and that character. And I was just like, I like the the green, the green one. He's, mm-hmm. he's pretty cool. And they're like, what's his name? I'm like, huh? It's like, which green one? I'm like, huh? And it kind of comes to that moment where they're like, ripped after Skickerdactyl? Like what? <laughs> huh? Exactly. Ripped after Sipidactyl. I'm like, what? Slap, slap, I'm like, no, huh? Yeah, no, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think the funniest thing about Power Rangers was that Stan Lee, the one original idea Stan Lee ever had was, I think Power Rangers would be huge in America. And everyone told him, not a chance. And <laughs> so they didn't do it. And then 10 years later, someone was like, I think Power Rangers would be huge in America. And they did it. And it was. Hell yeah. Damn. Yeah, he was right. He was right. I also have realized about things. I love the dinosaur Power Rangers, not because I watched the show, but because the toys were great. Most of my childhood, not TV. Yes, action figures. So like (laughs) He-Man, Transformers, Power Rangers, all them shits. Even like Batman, to be fair. They were action figures first in my brain. And so I was like, I love those guys. And we'd be like, oh, did you like Batman the Animated Series? I was like, don't even think I saw an episode, but I played with the toys like crazy. Hell yeah. I was making my own weird ass little stories with them. Yeah, I used to do that too. For much longer than most kids, I think, did. Yeah, same. Same. Yeah. I was like 12, 13, like, you should stop this. Yeah. You around there. should stop right now and make actual friends in real life. Yeah. Now I was making friends, but then I would like uh, go home, do my homework, and then afterwards I'm like, oh. I guess I was like sit on the couch and you know play with some toys. Yeah, I got them. I got yep. ideas. That's right. Exactly. I was like, I gotta get back to that soap opera I got going with the Revenge of the yeah. Sith toys. Never ever ending story. Shit just keeps going. Exactly. That's a telenovela for myself. Yeah. Then you always have that. I can't remember talking about this. But then you always have that arc where like a character died, like a villain died, yeah. and you have to bring them back. So you have to like have this huge like long storyline of how mm-hmm. like the big reveal is like. And this guy's back. Like, oh my God, they're trying to resurrect so General Grievous. <laughs> yeah. General Grievous again? God. That was my boy. The amount of times that I had the General Grievous forearm reveal in my story was crazy. My characters <laughs> had mad amnesia. They were always like, who's this guy? Because I had the two-arm version and the forearm version toy. And then I would do that crazy noise he does where he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I would do that. And then all of a sudden he had forearms. And they were always like, oh, no. no. I love dramatic reveal, especially when you just do it again and again. Yo, it was my stories were eighty percent wig reveal, <laughs> all, <laughs> all the time. Oh, that was so fun! It was so fun being a kid. I remember with like making friends. I didn't put it together that like I could see my friends outside of school until like almost the end of middle school. Like I had a full fledged like friend group that yeah. at the end of the day I was like goodbye. And then just wham! I remember me and my one friend. We were eighth grade. We were like, "Why don't we ever hang out at home?" It was like, "I guess we could." That'd be <laughs> nuts. We don't just have to go home and be alone. 
No, we could we could keep this going after hours. Holy shit! Huge revelation. Game changer. Because like I had my home friends, like the kids in my neighborhood, that I was like, I don't like you enough to hang out at school, but you're close. Let's play. Yeah. And then I had my school friends, and all of a sudden I was like, you can hang out with the school friends after. <laughs> Blew like my that. mind. Blew my mind. Saved that friend from watching music videos on YouTube all day, and he saved me from playing with action figures way too long. You both grew up. That's a power of growing up. Realizing that music videos suck and action figures are still cool, but she just can't play with them anymore. Exactly. I don't think there's a single good music video other than Katy Perry's Last Friday Night. That is a good music video. I really like the music video for uh, Riptide by Vance Joy. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's very powerful. It's kind of just like, I don't know, it just feels like an indie film. Like you feel like you're almost in a fever dream. It's not like a fever dream in the sense of like, you know, you're afraid or anything, but it feels unsettling. And then you listen to the lyrics and you're kind of watching, you're just like, ooh. And then like, it totally gets like a little bit more chaotic as it goes on. It never gets like that fever pitch, like, what's going on, chaos? But you kind of like the whole time, it, like, it might be like very technically, not like early, early, but like kind of early analog horror in a sense. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Interesting. But I also um, just love that song. I actually, I also wanted to make an amendment. I don't even remember what song it's for. Ryan Johnson directed a music video once. That's like one of the best sci-fi short stories ever. Just search like Ryan Johnson uh, music video. Yeah. And whatever band it is will come. I could not tell you a single word of the song, but the music video. Oh my gosh. Very good. I do like, when music videos are good, they're very good. So I do like that. He was really into G-Eazy music videos. I remember being like, my man. Nah, right. Yeah, that's not. We can't. That's not the one. We can't do this. He was like, like he's so cool, and I was like, we we can't, we can't do this. He's like, he's like, you play with action figures at home, and I was like, listen, I've got my secrets, you've got yours. We can help <laughs> each other out. <laughs> and we made a blood pact. Okay, so DC Comics. Let's do it. If you fast forwarded at this point. Welcome to the bad part of the show, where we grouse and complain and say things to agitate and Banana Man. Oh, got some rock eyebrows going on over there across yeah, the Yeah, I'm way. just reacting. Don't, don't ignore me. I, I muted myself. I was like, I'm going to let him go, but I just want to... I'm just going to little... let him do his thing. DC Comics. There we go. July 2023. Night Terrors, First Blood, number one. Another event. Didn't we just end whatever, Lazarus Planet? Didn't that just end? Yeah, like but that was like seven a... Seven minutes ago. That was like a setup type of event. Bro, they all are setup type of events. When was the yeah, last yeah. good one? Death Metal. You can quote me on that. Death Metal. From DC, Death Metal. A lot of people are going to tell you it's bad. They didn't read it. They just didn't care. They're like, oh, it's just a guy playing with his action figures. Yeah, that's what comics are, man. What else do you want from a van? It's awesome. It was awesome. And even better, it was skippable. So if you didn't even like it, it didn't even matter because this universe reset right after that. So fuck it. Perfect event. 10 out of 10. And all the spinoffs were good. That Flash spinoff. Did you read the Flash oh, spinoff at least? Speed Metal was dope. What am I talking about? See? Yo, so, when they edited that artwork from totally a middle finger to a rock and roll hand, yeah. funny as hell. And both of them work really well. <laughs> they do. That they moment do. is the best Flash moment in like 10 years. Maybe longer. And it'll probably be the best moment for another 10 years. It's too good. And Superboy Prime got a redemption arc? Come on. Dude. Easy. 
Listen, off mic here real quick. Superboy Prime in the original Sinestro Corps War, one of the greatest villains of all time. He's so good. I do love him. I never went. I never made it past Sinestro Corps War. Fun fact. <laughs> I read up to that, and then that's when everyone's like, "By the way, Jeff Johns, racist." And I went, "Well, I didn't like it enough to keep going." All right. <laughs> yeah. Night Terrors number one. A lot of covers on that one. Night Terrors number two. Don't stop. Night Terrors Batman number one. Oh my! Hell. It ain't over. Night Terrors Detective Comics number one. Is Yo, it replacing the line, or is it? in um, addition to the line i think we'll find out i don't know i had that question too though night terrors nightwing number one you're not done replacing the line night terrors poison ivy number one this is kind you're of not done. seeming like replacing <laughs> night terrors catwoman number one it ain't over night terrors harley quinn number one so far, all of these are existing books night terrors the joker number one no don't stop that first cover is pretty good with him at work and a comb over night like terrors that. robin number one keep it going Night Terror is Superman number one. Don't right now, we're on your breath. okay. Who Joshua Williamson is on our is the writer on that one. Yeah. Uh, Night Terror's Action Comics number one. PKJ and Lee Williams. Oh boy. Night Terror's The Flash number one. I am slowly descending into my own Night Terror. Night Terror's <laughs> Wonder Woman number one. My computer is lagging. How much I have to scroll through these covers. Night Terror's <laughs> Titans number one. Night Terrors, Shazam, number one. Night Terrors, Green Lantern, number one. Mm, I'm not even there yet. Night Terrors, Black Adam, number one. I bet the next one also. Night Terrors, Angel Breaker, number one. This is new. This is a new one. I don't recognize this character. Okay, she it's looks a cool. New character for uh... for Night Terrors. Yeah. Hmm. Night Terrors Zatanna, number one, from Dennis Culver. Dennis Culver's a cool guy. Fun fact. Oh, yeah. Uh, quick little pluggy plug. Interviewed him on the Comics Collective about Doom Patrol. It was a lot Ooh. of fun. Night Terrors Punchline, number one. Can't believe she still is kicking. Yeah. Night Terrors Ravager, number one. I like Ravager. Fun fact. I love Ravager, yeah. Discovered her last year through Gotham... Future State? Zero, future State? Holy number shit. one. That's how I discovered her. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, and I was like, damn, she's <laughs> cool. That's the first time I ever heard of her. Okay. So that was That's the first all... time you ever heard of her? Never mind, sorry, go on. Yeah, that was the first time I ever heard of her. Hey, I guess she's not that popular. That's no, and I'm not a huge DC guy, so... Last year was a lot of firsts for me with DC Comics. First time I liked one... <laughs> That can't be true. I know it's not true, but (laughs) (laughs) just being a dick. All right. Hawk Girl number one. This is the book to support, folks. Mm. One sec. Got work calling again. All right. I'll finish this. Go ahead. Uh, While he's taking a work call, we got World's Finest Teen Titans number one, Tales of the Titans number one, Adventures of Superman John Kent number five, Superboy the Man of Tomorrow number four, Steelworks number two, Batman the Brave and the Bold number three. Spirit World, number three. Please support this one. I love Alyssa Wong. Uh, the Vigil, number three. Please support this one. I love Ron B. The City Boy, number three. Please support this one. I love Greg Pack. Batman Beyond, Neil Gothic, number one. I have no feeling towards that. Holy Quinn, Black and White, Red. Wait, sorry. Black and White and Redder, number one. That sounds fun. Superman, The Last Day of Lex Luthor, number one. Whoa. I 
was not aware this is happening. Oh, Brian Hitch, goddamn. The Sandman Universe special, Thessalay, number one. Ah, oh, goddamn, I hate her. She sucks. I don't know if you guys read Sandman. She's like an evil witch in the universe. She's awful. She's the worst. I hate her guts. They're she's like, like a transphobe, too. She's the yeah, worst. Yeah, and she's transphobic. I don't need any fucking stories from her. Uh, Batman White Knight Presents Generation Joker, number three. Again, don't need stories. Never mind. Uh, Peacemaker <laughs> Tries Hard, number three. Batman Incorporated, number 10. Batman Adventure Continues, number uh, season three, number seven. Batman Superman World's Finest, number 17. Danger Street, number seven. Dark Knights of Steel, number 12. DC Roy B, number six. Just Society of America, number seven. Looney Tunes, number 273. Mad Magazine, number 33. Multiversity, Harley Screws Up, the DCU, number five. My Greatest Adventure, number 80, the Silhouette Edition. Sag Shadows of Dakota, number five. Superman Lost, number five. The Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries, number 10. Waller vs. Wildstorm, number three. Let's see if it actually releases on this day. Wildcats, number nine. And that's everything from DC. I'll start off the conversation by saying that I gave Stag Shadows of Dakota another shot. Well, I gave Static Shock another, or Static another shot. I can't speak because you're saying it's like Static and Shock, Static Shock, another shot. Anyway, Static, I gave another shot this arc. I skipped the first arc. It just wasn't for me. And the first issue was really good. Um, uh, Eben is a very good villain. He's very scary. And Nicholas Draper Ivy is doing a great job of incorporating him into the story. I think he's the main writer in Vida Ayala. I'm pronouncing that. Ayala. Ayala. Thank you. Uh, I think they are more on i don't know if they're like just for formatting or if it's just it's still their story too i don't know how that partnership works exactly but i heard nicholas talking about um him getting to like bring uh evan to life and everything and he was very excited and i see why he's excited because he's like a terrifying villain who's going to uh rock stacks statics world 100 percent. so very excited to read more of that um the night terror stuff i would say I'm interested in, I love events when they work and they're like kind of standalone. The Night Terror stuff sounds fun to me. I like the idea of, you know, you know, DC's been really wor- working well with the horror aspect of comics where Marvel has been like not touching that pretty much at all. So I'm really interested to see what all these different writers have to do or have to say in the horror sphere with these characters that they're already writing. And also we get to see like some writers take over characters that we haven't seen them on. So like, uh, the Titans one isn't going to be written by Tom Taylor. I think uh, I can't remember who's writing it, but someone else is. And like Black Adam's being written by Jeremy Hahn instead of uh, Christopher Priest. So while most of these are just like replacements for books that are already ongoings or uh, were minis that are going into this one shot, uh, we do have opportunity to see some different creators. Andrew Constant is the writer for the Titans Night Night Terrors one. So we get to see different creators work on different characters. So it's an opportunity for people to jump on, have a fun time, and then jump out if they want to. It's kind of weird that's so big and interrupting a whole month and probably probably two or three months is gonna interrupt, I think, from the looks of it. But, you know, we kind of gotta take what we can get. Do you think this is just built out of the success of Future State? The they replace a whole line most of the whole line for a while and they saw some success and so they're doing it again with night terrors it feels weird to do a horror one in july too yeah it does i'm just being annoying but no i think you're onto something i think what probably happened was i think it started off as a small idea and then more and more people were just like i'd be interested in that and the dc was like well we don't have an event this summer so let's throw this in yeah let's make it line wide yeah Hmm. so it is like a really weird abrupt thing to do 
they have a event that's specifically horror focused and it's interrupting all the books at once. But yeah, I mean, this might sound ungrateful, but at least it's interrupting the books and not like that would be a lot of books coming out from DC. If that it wasn't, be, yeah. you know, <laughs> that is crazy. Um, so it seems like I'm going to be taking a couple months break from DC. So that'll be good for the old wallet. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I have no interest in this like at That's all. Fair. I get it. Unless I hear from people that it is fantastic. I'm not. I'm I not definitely think there's going to be like a few standalone fantastic ones and everything else will be skippable, but probably good enough to read if you like the character. I think the one that's going to be really good is definitely going to be like Poison Ivy. It still has like G. Willow Wilson's The Writer and they're kind of doing the whole WandaVision suburban home feel to it. So it's going to be hard to like say that one's going to be bad. It's probably not. It's going to be at worst skippable, at best very good. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I might. I. I don't even know what I'm gonna do. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Take a break. That's all good. Yeah. We'll see. The Hawk Girl book from Jadzia mm. Axelrod. This is the first ongoing, or it's a mini, but first monthly comic coming from Jadzia Axelrod. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, Galaxy the Pretty Star was really great. Really, Jadzia has a really excellent voice for the comic book medium. So I'm excited to see what she can do with Hawk Girl, a criminally underutilized character. I wish I remembered who. There was a comics writer who I think, oh, I don't remember who it was, but uh, they were confronted about why they put Hawk Girl on Justice League Unlimited. Mm. they're like was it some sort of diversity quota and they just said it's a beautiful woman with a mace and wings why wouldn't you put her on everything like you were not the same yeah (laughs) and so i'm excited i sometimes have that same sentiment when people like ew girl characters i was like it's the same stories with beautiful women also, like, I feel like even if the character was put on as like quote unquote a diversity hire, we got great stories out of it. So like, why are we mad? Yeah. Like the same thing I think happened with John Stewart. Like John Stewart was specifically put onto that team as a diversity character. It made him my Green Lantern. I mean, yeah, that's exactly. how I met the Justice League was that show. And, and it wasn't like he was he wasn't the first Lantern, and he wasn't the popular Lantern at the time. Kyle Rayner was. So Kyle Rayner almost had it on the show. He was in Adventures of Superman. That's how like popular he was at the time. But instead, they went with Jon Stewart to like diversify a little bit more. And now it's he's a lot of people's favorite Lantern. He has some of the best episodes on the show. And like a lot of stuff that happened in the comic, for better or worse, like made its way in, sorry, in, on the show, for better or worse, made into the comic. Specifically like the military background, which I don't like. Yeah, so I don't know. I'd say show up for Hawk Girl. We saw what people showing up for poison ivy did made it an ongoing series it's one of the best books at dc right now mm-hmm. i think this has a ton of potential and just looking at i've never heard of the artist amonke nahuelpan but looking at the cover beautiful art style yeah. so i'm very excited to see these interiors Me too. also i love i i love covers as much as the next person I think we're getting a little bit 1990s with them. Speculator boom here. Cautionary tale. Yeah. But I love when a cover matches the interiors. Yes. I love it 100%. because then it's actually an ad 
for what's going on inside. Like the amount of times I have felt disappointed when I pick up like a new issue, every time I pick up new world's finest, and then I open the first page and the cover is Dan Mora. And then the first page is not Dan Mora. Shattered. Just Disappointed. No matter how great that artist is, they're working uphill from then on. Because yeah. the cover told me it was Dan Mora. This, uh, it's not Dan Mora. <laughs> so there's a little comic book soapbox for you. Yeah, I feel the same way, unfortunately. Uh, the other thing I'm excited for is we're getting more we're doing Tales of the Titans again so each Titan's getting a one shot story to basically just introduce the character to people that don't know them so this month we're doing Starfire so uh, and Javier Rodriguez is on the art so I'm very excited about that I think Starfire is a character that at this point at least deserves another mini if not a new solo um, so hopefully this helps people get on board with her hopefully Titans also like gives her something to do because it feels like at least the last time we saw her in like a real character role was justice league odyssey and even then i feel like she was sidelined for specifically jessica uh, cruz which not a problem for me because i love jessica cruz but even then i feel like cyborg had more to do than her i'm gonna throw it out there Mm -hmm. i don't know who is holding the tom taylor leash at the moment but when they let go for five seconds for one bad day razal ghoul That man cooked. Mm. I just hope he is still running away from whoever is holding the leash for this Teen Titans book. Because the the glimmer of hope I got from like, there he is. There's that writer I love. (laughs) It was like drugs, man. Reading that comic book. I was 40 pages into that comic book and I was like, they don't make comics like this anymore. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this came out a few weeks ago. They do make comics like this anymore. It was so good. It was so good. I think it was the best One Bad Day issue. Ooh, I have to read it so. Do I mean that? Mm, I, I think I mean that. It was so unexpected, so good. Hands down, my best, my favorite Ra's al Ghul story ever, including the original Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill stuff. Ooh. That's a testament. It was really good. It had everything you want. Great Batman and Robin story as well. I felt like it incorporated them the very best out of all of the One Bad Day stories. Mm-hmm. Man, it was good. And it made me really excited to see if... I want that Tom Taylor to write Titans. Because I want to like the Teen Titans. I've never really read their comics before. I met them through the original Cartoon Network show. Yeah. Loved it. And just have never read a comic since then i've tried every time they've rebooted and i've just been like man that is not as good there's not a lot of good teen titans comics unfortunately i feel like i should go back and read the original but that mm, feels like should. a commitment it is a little bit yeah you can at least like read up to the judas contract that's a big one that everyone always mentions that's yeah fair. i also this is arbitrary but i feel like i have to finish the claremont x-men before i get ankle deep in new teen titans that's completely arbitrary. But I was like, you've already got one classic, like, big revolving team that yeah. you haven't finished. Why do you want to go start the one that was literally pitched as a ripoff of the other one? <laughs> yeah. Was it? It was. That was the original pitch. Wolfman and Perez were like, we could oh. do what Claremont's doing. And they were oh, like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, do it. And they did. And it was hugely successful. Yeah, that's probably why they crossed over. Probably. 
Uh, the only thing from DC I also want to talk about is, I guess, actually, I don't know if there's anything else. Oh, the one thing that looks interesting to me is all the Mark Waid stuff, obviously, but the Superman The Last Days of Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that's about. I'm interested. They're kind of losing me with Brian Hitch on it, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna give it a shot anyway. I have no idea yeah. what it's about. Um... Looks like Lex Luthor is dying and Superman is going to help him find a cure for what is causing his demise. Oh, cool. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, it feels very Superman-y. To I was say, it sounds like a Superman thing to do. Yeah, I like that. I just, yeah, I can't believe they're making a Thessaly comic. I, who is this for? I don't know. Maybe just for James Tynan. Yeah. Hey, if he likes the character, go crazy, man. I will not be reading it. I love I love the stuff he's been doing with the Sandman universe, but I just don't like that character at all. And when she showed up in the other miniseries, I was like, man, I hope she just stops coming back. And here she is. She's back. I don't know. The Batman White Knight universe still going. Yeah. It has its own like deep continuity at this point. <laughs> it lost me. I was yeah. a defender through... The first two miniseries and the Harley Quinn series. And then for whatever reason, Batman Beyond has never been interesting to me. And so when it went Batman Beyond, I got two issues in and I went, I don't care. I do not care. (laughs) And so I've lost the thread. I can no longer testify to what is going on in that book. But based on these covers, it looks crazy. And it looks like Harley Quinn's the main character. No, I think that's uh, the Joker's daughter. That's crazy. I think the Joker's daughter is in there or something. I don't know. I'm also not reading. But, um kyle starks is perfect for a peacemaker book hell yeah i'm very excited about that that should be starting this month right it yeah the first issue came out last week oh did it oh yeah. well i'll read it next month when it's on dc <laughs> there were some people i saw on twitter complaining about the tvification of peacemaker oh, cares? and i was like show me among you the fan of peacemaker before that show yeah who among you gave a shit the only thing I knew him from was Multiversity Pax Americana, where yeah. he was specifically used to talk about Watchmen because he was the inspiration for the comedian. Yeah. That, that was not a Peacemaker story. I don't know. And before, like, I can't even think of, there was like, what, one Peacemaker comic way back in the day when he first came to DC and that's it? Was that even a series or just a one shot? I don't even know. I don't know. But that show was great. And good. so if they want to capitalize on that with Kyle Starks at the helm. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Grow up. And if you don't like this version, he's in other books where he's like acting like his normal self. You know, you can read the suicide book, that suicide squad book he was in that ended. Uh, that was really good. I still recommend that. You can also, he's going to be showing up in a uh, green arrow going forward. So read one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. how the hell is Dan Mora? Still drawing World's Finest. I have no idea. And Shazam. I don't know where he's finding the time, but I'm glad he is because I love his work. And if he wants to do more work, he should keep doing it. You know, yeah. Get that money, man. I hope he's. And he's doing Power money. Rangers, right? That's crazy. He does Power Rangers covers, yeah. Oh, he's... he did the he did like the Power Rangers TMNT crossover. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Danger Street, number seven from Tom King and Jorge Fornes. This is a very fun, big, interweaving story, mystery. I have no idea what it is yet, but I'm having a great time along the way. Um, The character Lady Cop 
is funny and like every character is charming and fun. Like the idea to take that 12 issue mini series of all the great golden and silver age creators in the eighties, like one last time pitching a character and throwing them all into a blender murder mystery. Yeah. It's really fun. I don't think it's doing anything remarkably profound. It's just fun. And I think it's fun to see talented people having fun. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to end to binge it. I think it's my plan. That's probably wise. Yeah. You should read Gotham year one. It's great. And then the last page, I'm not sure if it's great anymore. There was like one decision that I was like, Tom King. Tom King. I know you. I know your heart. I know you're a kind person. That wasn't it. That was not it. What you just did, not it. Hmm. I didn't hear anything about it except for one I person I, I like only besides person. you. No, there was someone else. I um, who was reading it? I think uh, Michael was reading it. Who you know, but I can't remember his Twitter handle. He has like the black uh, cyclops. No, yeah, no, I know. I know okay, Michael. okay. I think he was reading it. He liked it. I would be. Maybe. I would love if he read it. I want to talk with him about the last page of that book because it was crazy. Yeah. Ask him. It might have been someone else, but I could have sworn it was him. Because him specifically, I think, would be mad about the last page of that book. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I love the specific things that make Michael mad. <laughs> He's very fun. He is very fun. All right, let's get into Marvel. Unless there's anything else from DC you want to talk about. No. Do you want me to read a couple of these since you picked up my uh, phone call slack? I could do it. Don't worry about it. Thanks, man. I'll make you read more next time. Okay, that's good. <laughs> All right, kicking into Marvel, we got Ultimate Invasion number two of four, oh. which I'm very excited about. <laughs> uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 29 and 30. Amazing Spider-Man number 31. Jesus Christ. Fallen Friend number one. No one cares about that. Marvel Age 1000. Blade number one. That's what I'm talking about. Incredible Hulk 180, Fist Mill edition. And 81, Fist Mill, edition. X-Men number 101, Bacca edition. Incredible Hulk number two, all new Marvel now, point one, Facility Edition. Who? Why do we need that? Kamala Khan's first appearance. That's what that was. I remember because I didn't know that. And then yeah. I went to sell my comic collection and they're like, this one's worth like $800. And I was like, hell yeah. Thank Holy you. Because it was right when Kamala Khan, like I perfect timed it yeah. <laughs> to get a bunch of money for a Kamala Khan book that I didn't even know she was in. That's I awesome. didn't remember that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, Loki number two, Black Panther number two, Moon Knight number twenty-five, Moon Knight: City of the Dead number one. Our boy David's on that. Captain America number seven fifty. Captain America, nope. Captain Marvel: Dark Tempest number one. Marvel Zero. Deadpool: Batter Blood number two. What if Dark? What if Dark Spider Gwen number one? What if Dark Loki number one? <laughs> what a weird title. Um, shouldn't it be like Dark What If? You know. Whoa, like, Walt Simonson writing on that Loki one? Oh yeah, Walter Simonson's <gasps> I love Walt Simonson's Thor. <laughs> I will read that. Oh, Sorry. Right, you Back no, to you. Good. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, Doomsday number one. Uh, X-Men Hellfire Gala 2023, we're still doing that, number one. X-Men number 24, Invincible Iron Man number eight. X-Men Before the Fall, Sin- Sinister four, number one. Storm number three, X-Men Red number 13, Immortal X-Men number 13. Rogue and Gambit, number five. New Mutants, Lethal Legion, number five. Wolverine, number 35. X-23, Deadly Genesis, number five. The excellent 
number five. Most person reading that. X Force number forty-two. Venom number twenty-two. Venom number twenty-three. Extreme Venomverse number four. Extreme Venomverse number five. Edge of Spider-Verse number four. Spider-Man India number two. Hollows Eve number five. Spider-Man number ten. Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones number five. That's still going. Uh, Silk number three of five. <laughs> Miles Morales, Spider-Man number eight, Red Goblin number six, Venom Lethal Protector two, number five, Cult of Carnage, Miss Misery number three, Web of Carnage number one, Avengers Beyond number five, I Am Iron Man number five, Avengers number three, Groot number three, Warlock Rebirth number four, Guardians of the Galaxy number four, Doctor Strange number five, Fantastic Four number nine, Hellcat number five, Scarlet Witch number six, Ghost Rider number sixteen, Danny Catch Ghost Rider number three. Cosmic Ghost Rider, number five. Clobber Time, number five. Thor Annual, number one. She-Hulk, number 15. Daredevil and Echo, number three. three, three. Daredevil, number 13. Deadpool, number nine. <laughs> Sorry, that's a stupid joke. Planet of the Apes, number four. Predator, number five. Alien, number four. Star Wars, Dark Droids, number one. Star Wars, Darth Vader, Black, White, and Red, number four. Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, The Rebellion, number one. Uh, Star Wars Mandalorian Season 2, number 2. Star Wars Yoda, number 9. Star Wars Dr. Aphra, number 34. Star Wars, number 36. Star Wars Darth Vader, number 36. Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number 36. Damn. A lot of Dirge. Marvel comics. Dirge is in this one. Dirge is the... He's my dog. That dude's so cool. I'm so happy they made him canon. I gotta get back on the wave of Star Wars comics. I gotta watch Gendy's Clone Wars cartoon again. Yeah, I missed that. It's peak that's the best star wars thing that's ever been made original trilogy included um it's up there but i gotta give it to andor that's crazy i fucking love andor it is very star wars i gotta get past the third episode i'm halfway through the third episode and i'm like this show is slow it's a very slow show i love slow burns though so i'm like eating that shit up i believe and then yeah and the first three episodes are not my favorite but after that there's like three moments because they break it up in like three, three, three stories. Mm-hmm. And the peak of each of those stories, each time I go, that's fucking Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, that's Star Wars. Hell yeah. Ooh, gives me chills just thinking about it. Ooh, shivers going down on my spine. All right. Um, I want to talk about Ultimate Invasion number two because Ultimate Invasion number one isn't out yet. But it's going to be, I haven't been buying Marvel comics because I've just been mostly waiting for them just to go on Marvel Unlimited. I haven't been reading a lot of weeklies anyway, besides like Punisher I buy like monthly when it comes out. So Ultimate Evasion is going to break that curse and I'm going to be buying that every time it comes out on release day to read it in the morning before I go to work because I love, love, love the Ultimate Universe and I've been missing it and I love Jonathan Hickman and how he writes The Maker and I'm just very excited. So I'm very it excited feels for this. good to be back with Jonathan, Jonathan so Hickman, baby. Oh my God. Jonathan Hickman new issue weeks are the best thing ever as a comic book fan i haven't felt how i felt about hawks pox since and i'm hoping ultimate Vasion does this i want that first issue to grab me by the throat i don't know how it's gonna be i don't know what he's planning at all like it sounds like the maker is going to rebuild the ultimate universe or is trying to I don't know if he's going to succeed. Knowing Jonathan Hickman, I'm going to say yes. He's going to to succeed. Uh, and it's going to be awful, and then they have to fix it. But I don't know. I hope this leads to a new Ultimate Universe that has something new to say in this era that couldn't be said back then. Uh, I know a lot of people are afraid of just it returning back to the old Ultimate Universe. I don't it's think that's a... possible at all. That's no. The Ultimate Universe was such a product of its time. And the yeah. people in that time, creators from that time right now would not write those comics 
how they were. It comes from such a specific moment in American comics yeah. immediately following 9-11 in the midst of a lot of patriotism and jingoism going on in America Yeah, that bled into the comics. Like it was such a singular moment that outside of it now, it's hard to understand how unified people who had such different ideas were about one very wrong topic. Yeah. And it's also even from, if you read like ultimate like universe, like, like, a, like if you read some ultimate comics in the beginning and then read some ultimate comics at the end, it's entirely different. Like it changes with the time. Like it's very, there's a very drastic point where it changes. Cause they do a whole rebrand and bring in like new creative teams and everything. Like Jonathan Hickman comes on to write ultimates. And that's like where we get the arc where Captain America becomes president and everything for a little bit. So it's a total rebrand. You get totally different takes on these characters and, Instead, they just instead of saying, you know, what can we get away with? They say, what can we do? And so the comics become something entirely different. So like you get your first idea of like, uh, well, that's not true because Genosha was a thing before. But you really get your first idea of what Jonathan Hickman was like cooking with Krakoa before he was cooking with Krakoa. Like we get all these like little ideas that spawn into Ultimate Comics. And the only reason we have them in 616 now is because Ultimate Comics tried something different of its time. So... I think Ultimate Comics, there's a way for it to move forward. It has to find a way to be unique from 616 because there was a lot of synergy, especially after Secret Wars were, and also like during like the Avengers period because the Avengers was based off of the Ultimate Universe for some aspects of it, especially like uh, Captain America's look and everything, or like Spider-Man's story. So then you had uh, the comics copying the Avengers. So you basically had the comics copying the Avengers movie that was copying the Ultimate, so indirectly. 616 is just synergizing with the Ultimate Universe. And since it's the main sto- like line, it kind of makes Ultimate Comics redundant. So they had to find a way to differentiate the- between the two. I think leaning into um, the ideas of progressive storytelling is the way to go. But I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to sell it. But if anyone can, it's Jonathan Hickman. So we'll see. I think he's a lot of clout coming out of Krakoa. I think there are going to be a lot of eyes on this book. And yes. He has a track record of revitalizing tired things. I mean, reading through all the X-Men comics this month, that is directly Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. The X-Men line was as close to being dead as it have ever has been prior yeah. to his coming on. And now it is absolutely the flagship title for Marvel Comics again. And so... I, I think we are standing at the precipice of the Ultimate Universe becoming a vital aspect of Marvel Comics again. Like, yeah. people forget Ultimate Spider-Man was a huge part of Marvel Comics surviving their bankruptcy. Yes. People came back for Ultimate Spider-Man. It was a moment. It was incredible. And I think this is an exciting time to be a Marvel fan. Oh, excuse me. It's all good. Did you check out Guardians of the Galaxy number one? Not yet. They I'm dropped it to. on Marvel Unlimited ahead oh, really? of the th- ahead of the three month thing to coincide with the movie. Oh, nice! That's absolutely worth your time. I will As, check it out. I'm very since excited. you love westerns. Yeah, absolutely. Great western. I'm excited to check it out. It looked good, and I heard good things about it. But I was just like, oh, I'm not going to read it this week anyway, so I was going to wait. Hell yeah. Uh, Jed McKay's Avengers. Still looking fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, I know you're not the biggest Jed McKay fan. so nah, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, 
I want to like his comics. I always give them a try. So, not only stuck, but yeah. Honestly, I I love his Taskmaster. Not a big fan of his Moon Knight. Everyone else loves Moon Knight. I don't know. It doesn't. It feels safe. I guess is the right word. And that's not not to be mean or anything. It's still like a good comic. It's selling well. So congratulations. But it feels like he's doing a Moon Knight impersonation. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. You know, it's like this Moon Knight book is somehow doing a Moon Knight impersonation. And that doesn't make sense. It's definitely trying to be different, which is good. But for me, it's just reading like a safe comic book. And I think that's not what I want from Moon Knight, just personally. I wonder what number we're actually on with Silk at this point with these five issue miniseries that just keep chugging along. Because it'd be like 10 volumes at least. Definitely in the twenties at this point. Like I know, I started volumes. No, twenty issues since the kind of soft, like just looking at these miniseries. Okay, just at the minis. I think you're right. Is that like twenty? But it's work. It must be working for her because they keep doing the minis. So if that's the way we're going to keep getting stories for her, I think that's smart. Absolutely. Um, Dan Slott's Spider Man with Mark Bagley. Is, he has a sidekick. I don't know if you saw that in the news. That's uh, something fun. Yeah, he's like spider bite or something. Yeah, he's a cute little guy. I'm uninterested. That's okay. I'm having fun with it. <laughs> yeah, and this one is an Electro issue. So I'm there. I love Electro. I do love Electro. Is it Max or is it uh, Francine? I'm going to say probably Max. Okay, that's fair. As much I, I as love I, love, I love both. Yeah. They're like... Sometimes it is hard for like, first of all, Electro is my favorite Spider-Man villain, hands down. I love him. I love that he's just a guy who was an asshole in real life, got power, decided to be a bigger asshole, and then Spider-Man beat him once. And ever since he's been like, man, I hate that guy. Not even because like there's a personal like real vendetta. He's just like, that guy beat me once and then keeps beating me every time I try to do something. This sucks. I hate him. I think that's a great character, like uh, progression, not progression, but a uh, trait. And then Francine's very similar where she's just kind of like, she got powers. Wasn't even a bad person before. She just loved Max. Got powers after uh, he killed her. And then she comes back. She's just like, oh, fuck it. I guess I'll be evil now. And it's, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, all right, yeah, hell yeah, girl. So I love, I think I love them almost equally at this point. Because they just both are doing the same thing. I'm like, this is perfect. Perfect character arc. Her origin is so funny. It's so crazy. She's getting just electrocuted to death by a lip piercing that's crazy that's funny as hell yeah a plus comics speaking of a plus comics we got blade number one by brian edward hill this month i'm very excited about that because huge blade win. i'm gonna be maybe a hot take probably a very cold take to be honest blade has zero good comics there You're are like correct. no good comics he had one good comic when he debuted maybe but ever since then i tried to read him can't get into him love the character very interesting but the, the fact that like one of his best appearances in Ultimate Comics is not a great sign that the character has a lot of good stuff going on. So I'm excited to see what Brian Edward Hill has to say. Um, I think Brian is a very clever writer and a very smart one. Um, the last two things with Marvel he, he did was kill uh, the Killmonger miniseries, which was surprisingly great. I think a lot of people missed that because they thought it was just going to be like, Marvel synergy stuff or MCU synergy stuff, which it was, but it was still a very fun look at the character. And he really made that character like a cruel person, which is awesome. And then he did a uh, fallen angels with X-Men, which is hit or miss with people. For me, it was a miss for some people it's a hit. So hellfire gala. 
I don't care. It's still happening somehow. It makes money. I respect it. I always like about X-Men. I, I'm, I'm always with X-Men. I'm just like, there's a lot of stuff I'm not reading, but if it's making money and it's keeping Marvel going, yeah, fuck it. Do your thing. I like all the slutty outfits. Yeah, true. You know, you get to see Scott Summers in something he'd never wear otherwise. <laughs> you always get to see Jean Grey in some outfit. That you're like, it's almost there. And there's one weird element. It's a little hat yeah. this time. <laughs> but she did I... get a cool costume upgrade because of it that one time. So that's cool. She did. The second Hickman was gone, the skirt left. And that was so funny. That was so funny. Because I genuinely believe this might just be me being a shill, but I genuinely believe it was foreshadowing something and so it was like important to the story and so then once they weren't doing that ending anymore they were like throw it out do what the fans want i don't know what it could have been foreshadowing i in house of x powers of 10 they talk about how one of the only things that can defeat a dominion is the phoenix Mm. and so i personally think that the end game was going to be Moira X selling them all out and becoming part of a dominion and Jean Grey having a Phoenix saga moment to defeat, like taking on the Phoenix again to defeat the dominion. And so she was wearing the skirt because that's what she was wearing in the dark Phoenix saga in her last appearance when she died at the dark Phoenix saga. That was my Hmm. personal. Except for one that wasn't the last time she had the Phoenix, though. Okay, but they forget Grant Morrison's <laughs> run. Well, even then, like during the Phoenix Resurrection, she got the Phoenix again. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That was stupid. So. All right, fair enough. Also, why would we forget Grant Morrison's run? It's so good. It's so the White good. Hot Room is one of the be- Ooh. Underrated and overhated X-Men run. I didn't know it was overhated until we covered it on the podcast, but boy, did people let me know. They did not <laughs> like that run. I was like, I thought we were all in agreement. One of the best runs ever. Know. People, hate people just get caught up on uh, all the weird shit that happens. I'm like, it's an X-Men book. I don't know. It's all supposed to be weird. Yeah. 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 So Hellfire Gala is a thing that's happening. I do not care. Yeah. These facsimile editions, I know I complain about them like every month, mm-hmm. but I don't know who they're for. They must be selling. Like who's like, I want the 2023 reprint of the Dark Phoenix Saga in my comic book collection. I think people that don't know, right? Like not us big nerds, but people who are just like, who are walking to the comic shop or walking by a comic shop and they're like, oh, yo, that's the first edition or first appearance of uh, whoever, whatever character. Or people who are desperate, who are just like, I want this in my collection. I've never found it. Like if they ever did a reprint of uh, that Superman annual where Mongol debuts, I'd buy it. Even if it's a reprint because it's my favorite superman story so I'd, i want a physical copy of it i will never be able to probably afford a good copy of the actual thing so do yeah, you at I, least I get it. have the alan moore hardcover no i don't have that yet oh it's nice it's like ten dollars on amazon and it's all of oh. it's all of alan moore's superman stories in one nice little yellow hardcover it's super out. worth your money Last, when i got it no, i genuinely bad. think it was like eleven dollars that's crazy i yeah, missed was, that though it was kind of nuts. I was like, thanks, Jeff, Jeff Bezos. You can have one thank you from me. Dude, I'm so happy. As number one superior Spider-Man fan in the world, I would like to come forward and say, I'm happy that Doc Ock has been regressed back to classic Doc Ock. I know you disagree with me. I just, I like him. I like classic Doc Ock, and I'm excited to see new fun stories with him. 
I don't need Doc Ock to be a villain. Or sorry, I don't need him to be a hero. He could be a villain, but I, I really like the more cool cack like cackling villain, but not in your face cackling, very more like a little bit colder and smoother. You like ultimate. Version. You like ultimate Doc Ock. Well, that's a little different. That dude's insane. I love that is my favorite Doc Ock for sure. He is hands down peak Doc Ock. But even in like 616, when he's like, um, Whatever he was doing during Beyond, I think, is the most, like, over-the-top Doc Ock I want. When he was, like, wearing a white suit and everything, which, by the way, clean. Mm-hmm. Best-looking Doc Ock in 616 in a while. So, when he was, like, wearing a white suit, he's trying to be Charming Top May, and then he's being an asshole to everybody else. That's, like, the level of Doc Ock I want. I don't like the, ha-ha, I'll defeat you, Spider-Man! Oh, you foiled me again! I don't like that kind of Doc Ock anymore, just personally. I will never forget. This is a trip down Dallas memory lane. Hmm. I will never forget Amazing Spider-Man 697 through 700 and then Superior Spider-Man number one. Hmm. That like old decrepit Doc Ock whose body was just like a husk being carried along by the legs as he was doing some tomfoolery. And just like you get to issue 700 and you're like, all right, Spider-Man's going to defeat him. (laughs) And spoilers for Superior Spider-Man. He doesn't. He does not. He does not. It's awesome. It's a great reveal. For three years, he's Spider-Man. Oh, three years. Three years is how long Superior Spider-Man ran. I thought it was only like one or two. 30 issues. Wow. I did not realize that. That is insane. Good job, Dan Slot. Dude, that was his peak. It was kind of downhill after that. Not going to lie. Yeah, and at the same time, you had Silver Surfer going on, so it was super peak. Silver Surfer. Man, I met him a couple weeks ago stupid nice like very very nice and i was like man everyone that's mean to you is being mean to a very nice person yeah that's interesting i've heard worse stories about him but that's neither here nor there if you had a good experience that's very good yeah i just i saw how he behaved with fans at a signing for him so oh okay yeah i'm sure it's fine yeah um what's i gonna say that doesn't matter i can't remember there are a lot of Thirst Trap, Mary Jane, and Black Cat covers going on at Marvel the last couple months. Yeah, they're also doing like a summer of symbiotes thing or something. So there's like cross covers going across like three issues or whatever. I don't know. I don't. If, I do not care about symbiotes. If I had a, an Infinity Gauntlet, I would snap away the symbiotes. Damn. Yeah, they definitely are bigger than they ever need to be. I do love Carnage, though. That dude's funny. Whenever he does something, I'm always like... All right, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. You're an ass. I like <laughs> I like when villains are just mean people, I guess. And Connor's just like a dude who's just like, I love killing. <laughs> There's like no depth to him or whatever. He's not even like deep like uh like in real like I guess serial killers in real life are so also aren't deep, but they have like an idea of a motive or like a tragic backstory at least to go off of. For Connor, she's just kind of like, hey, my parents suck, but that's not why I'm crazy and evil. I'm just a bad person. I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, dude, kill. Kill them all. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Get they ass. Get they ass. In other news, deeply funny that one of the variant covers for the Storm miniseries is Jean Grey <laughs> in her Hellfire Gala outfit. Yo, Storm can't get shit. That's crazy. Dude, that is crazy. It's not Storm in her Hellfire Gala outfit. No. It is it's Jean, Jean Grey <laughs> in her Hellfire Gala outfit on the Storm book. That is crazy. That is That's a crazy decision. I have no idea how they decide this stuff. They just do. Like, Iceman's on, like, the Fantastic Four one. 
Put the wasp on the front of Storm's book. Also, yeah, it's actually insane because Scarlet Witch has her own book outright, right out right now, but her Hellfire Gala outfit is on the Doctor Strange book. It's crazy. Why? Because these covers, I'm telling you, it's to boost sales of those books from those fans that are hunting those covers. That's probably true. Yeah, you're right. It's artificially inflating the market to show that they're doing better than they are, which is exactly what they did to go bankrupt. Hell yeah. Good job, Marvel. Keep it up. Yeah, do the same things that made you go bankrupt 30 years ago again. (laughs) That is always a good choice. Damn, this Hellfire Gala cover for Venom 22, that's kind of a hard outfit with the teeth coming up like an ascot. I have to see it. That goes oh, kind it for of, the boy? Yeah, for the boy. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, it's a little you tough. You see the Miles Morales one? Yeah, that one's tough. That one's sick. I like that one a lot. That is cool. Yeah, I hate symbiotes. Yeah, not a fan. They're fine. Hmm. Anything else from Marvel for you? Yeah. There is... Thor, which I'm Love always excited about. I have to catch up on Thor still. I downloaded a bunch of Thor comics. About like when I was going on a trip, um, I was taking like airplane, so I downloaded a bunch of comics in preparation to read them. And then I went to read them. Like I read some of them on the way there. Then the way back, I had like a huge delay, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna read my comics now." Went to read them, and Marvel Unlimited just like decided, eh, "We're actually not gonna show you any of the comics you downloaded." I was like, "I downloaded them." They're like, "Yeah, but there was an error loading the page." I'm like, "How?" I downloaded the comics. What are you talking about? So I guess I had to update the app or something, but I was so pissed off that day that I was just like, never mind. I'll go to Comicology or something. But uh, yeah, so I have to catch up on Thor still, but I'm excited for more Thor. And I still have to read comic Ghost Rider. It's a character I love, and I love the the writer, but I just never got around to checking it out. I should do that soon because I do want to support it, but I just I just been busy. Donny Cates is like officially out of comics right now. Yeah. I get it, man. Hey, man, take all the time you need, you know? Do what you gotta. It's not worth okay. your hell. I hope he's okay, too. I don't know really what's going on, but, you know, do your thing. You know what's go- what happened, right? I thought yeah, we didn't talked I about tell this. you? Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if there's like anything else going on, you know? Yeah. But that is a big thing to happen. Yeah. Why is Ultimate Hulk gray and also bald? Uh, he was originally gray in his uh, in the first Ultimate book. And then I don't know if he ever became green in Ultimate. I think he was always gray. But he became bald during, uh, I think, Jonathan Hickman's run when he gets the Infinity Gauntlet. You, you should have read, to read that. You should read the last Ultimate's run. It doesn't start with Jonathan Hickman. I think he's like the second or third arc in there. But it's very good. It's like uh, very different. It's not like a political allegory or anything. There's like still like, you know, politics and everything in it, which is really cool. But um, it's he, they really take it in a better direction than it ever had to like deserve to be in. And they stopped making Captain America racist, which was really cool. I think. (laughs) Which turns out I'm pro. Turns out I'm pro. I didn't like him when he was racist. I had no idea. (laughs) You never know you don't like someone until you're like, oh, he was racist this whole time. Yeah, that's why. That was the thing. I'm also the only person that likes Captain America, Ultimate Captain America stories. Like he had, um, I don't know if it was his book or an Ultimate comics, but there's the one where he fights Ultimate Red Skull. Have you read that one? 
No. So the twist on that is that Ultimate Red Skull is a kid who was experimenting on the Weapon Plus program, and he they're trying to make a new super soldier and they're teaching him the way of Captain America and everything. And then he becomes like a teenager and they're like, are you ready to be the next Captain America? And he's like, I'm ready to be worse. They're like, what? He kills everyone in the facility and escapes. And then he becomes like a super, uh, like it's just basically a guy with daddy issues. Cause it turns out Captain America was his father. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's very fun. I think some people didn't like that take on Red Skull, but then he gets the cosmic cube and everything. And it's just a fun time. Um, and then he gets defeated by, I think, someone drives a jet plane through his chest. <laughs> it's awesome. And then there's another comic where he fights, like, not Duke Nukem. What's that guy's name? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, from the end of... Um, like from Jessica Jones, Born, the show. That's also at the end of Born Again. He has, like, the oh, American he? flag tattooed yeah. on his face. Yeah. He's I from the end of... Name. One of the best Captain Americas ever, surprisingly, written by Frank Miller at the end of Born Again. Huh. I always forget that's in that. there. And I'm reading the trade paperback for Born Again. I'm like, wow, amazing. And then it's like, also, <laughs> randomly, Captain America. Du- I think Duke Nukem is his name. I, I know think. exactly who you're talking about, so it's got to be close enough. It's Nuke something. But Duke Nukem's a video game character, I'm pretty sure. Maybe he's just named Nuke? I don't Maybe know. Maybe just Nuke. That's a... I don't remember. But I also like that. There's like a Captain America standalone where he finds out Nuke was like a Vietnam soldier who was trying to take up his legacy. And then he's like, you got fucked up. And he's like, yeah. And then they kill each other. It's awesome. <laughs> Ultimate Universe is crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so very like, oh, team boys would love this. And they were correct. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much. <laughs> oh, that's got to be one of the rings of hell is the team boys would love this ring. <laughs> <laughs> the only books are Ultimate Universe. And then like, I don't know red pill youtube videos (laughs) it's not like it's not the seventh (laughs) ring it's like the second ring you know like you're in there you're like gosh this is hell but also there are a lot of guys in there that don't know that it's hell no there's a lot of people just having a good time and maybe they don't deserve that (laughs) they don't know what they're missing and what they're missing is Anne nascenti captain marvel Captain Marvel Dark Tempest number one. I thought this was going to be an out-of-continuity story like Anna Senti's Storm miniseries. Mm-hmm. But this seems to be picking up right at the end of Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel run. That's cool. So I'm excited. It is a mini. It is a mini. Uh, I, Anna Senti, that secretly back at Marvel. Yeah. Kind of crazy. I'm interested. Hope they're paying her a lot. They better. Yeah. There you know. The artist is from uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters, so I think he's very good, if it's the person I'm thinking of. Hell yeah. I need the Anne Nascenti Daredevil Omnibus right now. I don't know how it hasn't been reprinted, but I need it. Yeah, Marvel likes to do that. Do like very big things and then never do it again. <laughs> yeah. But I'm very curious what Captain Marvel's going to be up to after the Kelly Thompson run now. Like, we're going to have this mini. Is there going to be another announcement like next month for a new ongoing by a new team? I mean, there's got to be. They're probably yeah. just stuttering it so it comes out at the same time as the Marvels. Because Marvels oh, comes out in November, and this, in July, is the first of five issues. That doesn't line up either. No. Very strange. Yeah, We'll see. I'm sure yeah. it's going to be announced soon. So. Yeah. I'm also surprised we haven't got a new Miss Marvel one, but maybe that's also being waited to 
That is evil. Yeah. That's some evil bullshit. I'm happy every time she shows up in Amazing Spider-Man. But like, that G. Willow Wilson Miss Marvel run is incredible. Yeah. It's fantastic. One of the best modern comics ever. Easily. Up there with Stan and Steve Ditko and John Romita Jr.'s Spider-Man run, in my opinion. Like, what a saga. I agree. Modern masterpiece. And just then Saladino Meds run comes out. It's pretty good. And then just we're done. Yeah. That's crazy. I think at some point they were trying to line something up new with the show. And then the show, I think, got delayed. Is that what happened? I don't. Yeah, I think it got delayed. A lot of things got pushed around. And so I think they just were like, let's just do some minis until we get announcements. And then they're like, oh, she's coming back with the Marvel. So maybe they'll line it up with that too. I don't know. We'll see. Stupid. It's stupid. All right. Anything else for Marvel? That is all from me. Yeah. The only thing I would say is uh, check out Black Panther. It's still uh, going to be new. It'll be the second month for it. I'm excited for that. And uh, I think that's it for me. I got nothing else. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. Comics are good. Yeah, comics are good right now, everybody. Go read some comics. Whether it be indie. And I have to go. That was my doorbell. So I'm going to wrap up the show. Thank you for listening to What's Next Comic Book Podcast. We're, we'll see you guys next month. Uh, I've been Evan Von Doom. I'm Dallas. And that's it. We'll do. Uh, I'll put the credentials and everything that we normally do in the bio, or I'll say it after this. All right. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>